I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button. You've probably seen the study that the majority of California wines are filled with different sides, right? Pesticides, etc. And so I've always wanted a cleaner version, right? I look at completely organic foods for myself. And so I want to make sure the wine that I'm drinking is also clean. And that's why I love dry farm wines. So a couple different things about dry farm, it's coming from small boutique wineries out of Europe, and they are not putting any pesticides or herbicides or anything like that. It's all regenerative farming, and you want to check this out. They test it for purity. It's a lower sugar wine. It's a lower alcohol wine. Therefore, if you are doing keto, this wine, you will probably still stay within ketosis. It's also non-GMO, and there are no toxic additives. You can go check it out at dryfarmwines.com forward slash healthy living simple for your free penny bottle or click the link below. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the show. We are getting ready to talk all thing vagina today. <laughs> so guys, I mean, you can tune in if you want, but <laughs> just giving you a heads up. So I have Dr. Betsy Greenleaf with me. She is an OB-GYN and we are just going to talk everything about our pelvic health and hormones and everything you might have want, wanted to know about and didn't even know that you wanted to know about. How about that? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Lisa, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's so great having you here. So I know you, uh, just even from social media, you are doing everything right now to normalize the word vagina. So let's talk about that because I think this is one of the things I've been telling people the last couple of months. I've been recording for that Women's Summit. And I grew up about sex in my house. Uh, growing up, right? So I always laugh. I'm like, I'm that prude, and the topics we're covering. <laughs> like, I laughed with a patient the other day. I looked at her, and I was, I just started rattling them off, and she started turning red. <laughs> and I was like, but it's really good because we're getting the word out. <laughs> you know, I think that's part. Of, I, I grew up in a very conservative household too. You know, um, I got handed a book when I was in sixth grade. It was like everything you want to know about sex and why. My mom was like, here, read this if you have any questions. I remember reading it and going. 
oh my god and they're like there's no way in hell i'm asking any questions about this stuff you know but um and then uh, opposite is my poor kids i'm like okay i'm gonna have you guys so desensitized that we can sit and talk about anything so they hear everything and everything and oh my god the stuff the conversations that go on in my house is is crazy even though sometimes i get embarrassed with you know i can talk to patients all day long but like talking to your own kids is like a whole different story and you're like i'm gonna kind of talk around this one but yeah but i find you know the more we talk about and we use the proper terminology vagina penis you know vulva the more we say those words the more we become desensitized yeah it's kind of uncomfortable the first time you're saying that um but we normalize the conversation and then it becomes easier to talk to our healthcare practitioners when we're having a problem Right. Because so. I think there, that does, you're absolutely right. It translates over that where people have, um, I don't want to, I don't know if it's shame or if they're scared or whatever it is, if there's something going on, they don't even want to go in and talk about it at that point. And then that just becomes detrimental to our own health. So <laughs> we've got to be able to use the vocabulary, ladies. So be okay with it. <laughs> you know, it's funny in the gynecologic world, we always call it the, the doorknob, the doorknob conversation because, you know, a patient comes in for their annual visit or whatever, and you ask them up front, like any problems and they're like, no, 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 you do your, your, your exam. And then as the doctor, you're walking your hand, your hand on the doorknob and you're walking out. And that's when the conversation comes up, like from the patient, like, oh, you know, I'm having a problem with sex or I'm having a problem with my vagina or, or, you know. I'm having a problem with something. You know, I've even had a patient, no joke. I had her, she's like, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, okay, just talk to me. But you know, it takes a lot to shock me. I mean, I've heard so many things over the years, but she asked me to turn around because she couldn't ask me the question to my face because she was embarrassed. So like I had to turn around and she asked me. (laughs) So, wow. Yeah. See, that's all me. And that goes back to a a lot of us then, then how we I, I hate to throw, I'm not throwing my parents under the bus. So I know. I'm listening, but you know, that's exactly I, all the mother, father, teacher, preacher, like all those things that were programmed in our brain that at whatever age we can't even ask our healthcare practitioner because we're embarrassed about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, said, this is like when I see my facial expressions on this type of stuff is when I really want to put this podcast on YouTube so people can see because they can't see my frowning right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, all yeah. right. So let's talk microbiome because I think that's a big deal. And I think it's, uh, we were just interviewing for the Women's Summit. And so you brought up the really great point about the vaginal microbiome and our sex drive. Yeah. So let's talk about that. <laughs> you know what? It's so amazing because, you know, unfortunately, everyone, their women are looking for this magic pill. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go off on a tangent for a minute here, but um, there's, there's not going to be a magic pill for, for women. And there's not a magic pill for men. Viagra doesn't create sex drive. Viagra increases blood flow, which can cause an erection. So, and, and actually, interesting enough, I do use Viagra on some of my patients. Um, Viagra can also increase blood flow for women, but it's, it's a different response. It's, you get increased lubrication, increased sensitivity from that blood flow. Doesn't put anybody in the mood. Your brain is your largest sex organ. And unfortunately, um, there's just too much that goes into actual libido and sex drive to trigger your brain. So everybody's got to figure out their own thing. 
Um, from a microbiome standpoint, which is fascinating, they're finding out that if our microbiome is off, so if the healthy bacteria in the vagina is off, that there may be a feedback loop to the brain, telling the brain like, hey, you know what? It's not ideal to reproduce. So let's shut down that sex drive. So it's interesting because we hear so much about the gut brain access, mm -hmm. but there's actually, they're finding out in research that there's a vagina brain access. And so, you know, it's not, you know, I think so many times women blame themselves or they'll go, you know, my sex drive is not the same as when I was 18 and, and, you know, I'm worried about my partner maybe leaving me or finding someone else because I'm just not interested anymore. But that's a whole interesting conversation mm -hmm. is what makes up the sex drive for women. Yeah. Because we think back about, oh, Masters and Johnson's in the 1960s, they were some of the pioneers on the sex research, but their old graph of you know, people have seen that kind of almost linear graph where it goes up where you have like a desire and then arousal and then orgasm and then resolution, that that's actually very antiquated and especially for women. The work of Rosemary Bassan has been actually amazing. She's an amazing woman. She actually mapped out the female desire and when you look at the mapping of it, instead of it being this nice curve, it is like all these intertwining circles <laughs> and like, like all. <laughs> and, uh, but I remember the first time I saw that is that, you know, I think we don't have a lot of examples of healthy sex in the media. You know, you, you see the movies and people are like rolling around on the sand and they think everybody thinks like, oh, it should be the spontaneous thing. But what Rosemary Bassan found out is that you know, majority of women, it isn't this spontaneous, like, okay, let's, you know, have this movie moment that a lot of, for a lot of women, you, desire doesn't come first. It's willingness. So you have to have the willingness to participate in some sort of sexual activity. And then through that willingness, it can go one of two ways. You either go, okay, you know what, it's, you know, it's not working or I got too many things in my mind or I'm too stressed or whatever. Or it goes the other way, like, oh, you know what, this is pretty good. And then you get desire and arousal and all those other things that follow afterwards. So um, why the difference between when you're 18 and, and now, why is it different? Well, when you're 18, you probably have a lot more hormones that are raging. Right. Plus you have a lot less responsibilities. Right. right. I mean, the this is, probably, is not going in your mind at that point. This is probably one of the problems that we as women have is we tend to be multitaskers. Yeah. Well, sex is the worst thing to be multitasking with <laughs> because you can't be thinking about, all right, the laundry, who's getting the kids to soccer, you know, what are we going to have for dinner? All right, we got to, I got to do this at work. I got to, you know, take somebody someplace. You can't because like, we go back as your brain's your largest sex organ. And we just, women need to learn how to turn off their brain and tune into their bodies. Um, once again, generalizations, I know men are just much better at turning off the outside world when it comes to sex than women are. Some it's, of just, them, it's not just sex. They just <laughs> turn off the outside world. We were laughing the other day. I don't even know who I was laughing with. 
Isn't it one of those things? Every single man, regardless, I hate it when they're like, where is this at? And you're like, it's right in front of you. And it was like, I don't see it. It is right in front of you. I still don't see it. I'm like, are your eyes open? Like it's right in front of you, but it's classic for every single man. Like that's just what it is. Right? Well, I heard something about, I started some statistics not too long ago about like your brain processes. Like I want, I want to say something like 30, thousand images in a day but we don't see all the images that our brain is actually like we don't really understand or process them so like something could be right in front of us and we just don't we just see don't it. see it yeah. you know <laughs> maybe the guys I don't know guys like I still love you like please don't think I'm like totally but it was just funny it was my, I don't even remember what woman I was talking with but she was like I just I laugh when my husband does it and I'm like oh my god I've seen so many men do that and I'm just like it is right in front of you it is, can you, open, like, right here. Oh, how did I not see that? I don't know how you didn't see that. <laughs> I have to say, you know what? I have to say, I'm actually guilty of that. Because ever since, um, I had a hysterectomy when I was 40. And I, at the time, I was like, oh, just take out my ovaries so I don't get ovarian cancer. Probably mm. the worst thing I should, ever did because I went to instant menopause. And one of the things we know is that there's estrogen receptors in your brain. Mm -hmm. And so women actually, well, uh, through menopause or, or even pregnancy, you get this brain fog. And so like, I'll walk around the house sometimes, I'll have my glasses sitting on top of my head and I'll be walking around going, does anybody see my glasses? Does anybody <laughs> see my glasses? And my family laughs at me. They're like, they're right on your head. <laughs> yeah. Or the one that I see now with people, where's my phone? I can't find my yeah. phone. And I'm like, it's in your hand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that's also a sign that we're just, I think on a whole doing too much. Too much. We, like yeah. uh, right before I got, before I did this with you, I was like, let me go run to my office, get some things done and then I'll get back and we'll do this interview. And uh, you know what, looking back, I was doing way too much. I stopped at the grocery store to pick <laughs> up a couple of things and I left my phone in the cart. I drove to my office and I'm like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And I usually have it. So like, I'm the one who's yelling at my phone, like, Hey Google, I have my Google assistant on only just so I can find it. And, and I'm like, Oh no, I left it. I left it back at the store. So I had to go back. And it's because, you know, doing too much mm -hmm. and overwhelming your brain, like you, I realized that my cortisol is probably pumping out like crazy and I need to just chill and relax, maybe do some meditation, you know, and at least you recognize that. Right. I think that's the beauty of what 2020 brought to all of us was yeah. that, that we were forced to stay at home. Like I keep saying this over and over again, and we started to realize our priorities. And then it's been interesting for me, even in all of this, of all the time spending at home. I have somehow fallen out of my normal routine and created a different routine, right? Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, wait a minute, the meditation in the morning, so how did I lose that? Because it was like, I had so much time during my day. I was like, I can do that later. And yeah. so I am consciously at this point, like, all right, go back to some of the great things you were doing, get rid of the ones that are already gone, that were not good. But just like, that's when I have to look at 2020. Cause I mean, we could all could say, man, this year just kicked us in the gut. It's horrific. But it's like, all right, I've got to look at the beauty that this year brought me. And the clarity on all of it, right? So it is. It's hey, at least you just recognize my cortisol is out of control. <laughs> I can't even remember where my phone is. It's at the grocery store still. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, so much. So much. Well then let's let's keep digging in. Let's talk about you had just said that about at 40 having a full hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. That's one of like um, I shared this too. There is a an OB Jin over here in my area. He's since retired. 
But um, I even was talking to an, a fellow nurse or another nurse that was in the area. She's like, my God, if men had uteruses, he would take them out too. He'd take out everybody's. But I just remember literally, I was probably 27 years old in practice. A woman walked in at like 37 and looked at me. She's like, I'm having a full hysterectomy because of these bad periods, right? And I just looked at her. I'm like, do you understand what that's going to do to you? And she's like, well, no, that's just what Dr. So-and-so told me. I'm like, time out. I'm like, we're taking out the ovaries, which make our hormones. Like, holy moly. So let's talk about that. And then the, the traditional route of going into some of the um, HRT, the hormonal or hormone replacement therapies. And let's just, let's go into side effects of that stuff if you're okay with. Oh yeah, no, that's great. So, you know, I think that used to be the old answer to anything. Like you're having a problem with your period, you're having pain, you're having... I don't know, any issues. It was like, let's take the uterus out. Well, if you've ever suffered with a urinary tract infection or a UTI, also known as a bladder infection, you know they're not fun. I want to introduce to you my Dr. Lisa O's Nourish UT. It's one of my flagship products that we've introduced, and the reviews and the feedback that we're getting is absolutely spectacular. It is a powerful supplement that helps support and maintain urinary tract health. I've blended together a blend of D-mannose, of cranberry juice powder, hibiscus flower extract, and dandelion herb extract. They all work together to promote urinary tract health and balance. So D-mannose, it's a simple sugar that is metabolized differently than other sugars, so it doesn't interfere with blood sugar levels. It's also known for its ability to help the body flush out harmful bacteria and toxins. Cranberry juice powder is rich in antioxidants and has been shown to help reduce the risk of UTIs. Hibiscus flower extract has been traditionally used to support digestive health, and it's also known for its diuretic properties. Dandelion herb extract is a well-known detoxifying agent that helps promote urinary tract health. You can find it over at drlisao.com and then click the shop button. Nourish UT by Dr. Lisa O. If you want more information and a deep dive into it, go back to episode 113, where we talk about all the studies that show the benefits of using these individual supplements. So putting it all together is such an amazing blend. Well, the problem is not getting down to the root cause. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you having those heavy periods? Why are you having the pain? And there's so many different causes from that. I mean, one of the problems that we're seeing right now with women is such a higher rate of heavy periods, endometriosis, pelvic pain, polycystic ovarian syndrome, like these high estrogen states. And one of the biggest problems that we have is because of all the uh, endocrine disruptors we're being exposed to, all these, these chemicals and toxins in our environment that our body is misinterpreting as estrogen. And so these things are actually going in in like a key, they're unlocking our estrogen receptors and they're tricking the body to think that it's estrogen and your body's responding to that. So we're seeing these much high, higher estrogen level states and, and conditions because of, it could be used with the cleaners you're using in, in your house. You know, that, that a lot of the, the cleaners that we have have a lot of toxins in it and are, and are considered endocrine disruptors. It could be our cosmetics. I love, there's an app called Think Dirty where you can actually scan or look up what your, what products you're using and it'll show you how safe or, you know, and, or how toxic a, something is. Um, you know, plastics, unfortunately, 
you know, I'm guilty. I got the water bottles with the in plastic in my garage because sometimes it's easier, but I try to concentrate on really getting uh, reusable bottles. I've bought some glass bottles. Mm -hmm. So trying to get away from drinking plastic, get water out of plastic, especially if it's hot, you know, you don't yes. want things that have been heated in plastic. Yes. So, and it's really like, I have a huge glass uh, water bottle that I was just, I refill. And so people are like, oh, you're buying that expensive water. And I'm like, oh no, that's my filtered water from home that just goes right into that glass. <laughs> Yes. And then, yeah, making sure if you, if people do use microwaves, I don't even own a microwave, but not to be heating up your stuff in plastics oh, because yeah. that's the worst. We so, just replaced all our, sorry, Rubbermaid, but we replaced, yeah. but we bought the other, we brought the glass Rubbermaid, but we, mm -hmm. we replaced all our Rubbermaid containers. I just think about all those years prior, not knowing, I mean, like think yeah. back in the day, like like styrofoam yeah. and like all the times we microwave things in plastic. And I'm like, Oh my God. I remember that God, how my man, how many years have I been in practice? So it was probably 2006, 2007. I went on a girl's trip down to new Orleans and I just wanted a good cup of coffee. Right. And so I walked in and we finally found like, I don't even, Oh, you know what? I know why that was the most horrific trip to new Orleans. The French Quarter ended up going out of power, right? Like that's not where you want to be where there's no power. And it wasn't like one hour or two hours like they told us it was going to be. It turned into three days. Ooh. It was horrific. It was a nightmare. But in the meanwhile, I just wanted a cup of coffee. <laughs> so we finally walked somewhere that had power and I got in there and they handed it to me in a styrofoam cup. And I looked at my friends and we all just, you know, we're all chiropractors. I'm a naturopath and a chiropractor. We all kind of freaked out and I was like, I'm not drinking this. And they're like, we just walked this far for coffee. I'm like, I can't do it. It's hot and it's a styrofoam. So it is, but it, that's even like, even with traveling, like one of the things I remember having a heavy metal test done a long time ago and other things. And what showed up high for me was jet fuel. I was like, what in the world? I'm yes. like, what? And then it was like, oh, you're on an airplane every week only. So you're breathing in this stuff. So like, that's why I do a cleanse every however many couple of months, right? Like we got to get this stuff out because as clean as we can be, we're still living in a very toxic environment. So yeah. So I love the fact that you just said the estrogen. What about though, let's deep dive down the rabbit hole of Premarin and Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. you know, it's so know. funny. It's like, because, you know, because I, I'm, well, I'm an osteopathic physician. So, but, um, so that's a DO, yeah. but there's still a lot of what I was trained with was traditional medicine. Um, so we only, the tools we had at that time when I went through my training was Premarin, which is made from pregnant uh, horse urine. Um, some, <laughs> some people are freaked out by that, but the problem, here's, here's, all right, here's the problem. When it comes to hormone replacement, or hormone therapy or whatever you call it is when this all developed and went down, you, anything that's natural in the body can't be patented because it's natural. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So how can we sell something to women that we can make money off of? Well, let's make a synthetic version of the estrogen. Let's get it from horse, pregnant horse urine. Let's get it from yams, but we're going to, we're going to change the molecules. I mean, the molecules are not going to be the same as what's in human women. And then now we can patent it and now we can sell it. So one of the problems with that was, you know, back in the fifties, estrogen was supposed to be the answer to like, that was the fountain of youth. Like every woman wanted to be on estrogen. And it wasn't until, you know, years later that we started seeing increased risk of cancers and other conditions, but it's not necessarily 
estrogen. Everyone that gets, it's, it's the synthetic estrogens because when they get broke down in the body, because they're not the natural occurring estrogen that's normally in our body, they break off into these toxic metabolites, which in turn in, can increase your risk of cancers. So, but that's all that was on the market for the longest time. And now, you know, people have finally become more aware of it. But the other thing that hurt women was the WHI study, which was the Women's Health Initiative, where they were looking at people being on hormones. And there was an estrogen arm and an estrogen progesterone arm. Once again, these were not natural hormones. Even the progesterone arm was a synthetic progesterone, which we know causes problems. But that that study, I don't even remember now when it came out, because I know it came out during the middle of my training. So I want to say probably like early 2000s or so. And it freaked everybody out and everybody went off their hormones because they were like, oh, it increased the risk of breast cancer and heart disease. Well, nobody took a look at a number of factors. The people in that study were much older. So they could have just had that risk based on age alone. Um, forget it. We didn't, nobody looked at who, what those people were eating, what other lifestyle things they were doing. And then we're giving them synthetic hormones, which we now have toxic metabolites. So, but because of that study, we're still dealing with the aftermath today. Like a lot of the big organizations like the American college of OBGYN, they will not recommend use of hormones. Um, but we're living longer and why not kind of get the body to like work with its its own way. Right. I mean, bioidentical hormones work great, you know? So there, mm-hmm. and there are options. There are actually prescription options. There are compounding options that, you know, but there's, you know, there's, and, and just because, so the other thing we were always taught was if you don't have a uterus, then you don't need progesterone. So if you've had a hysterectomy, that's what we're taught is that you don't need progesterone. And the reason why you need it, if you have a uterus when you're having hormone replacement is because too much estrogen thickens the lining of the, the uterus. And so that has to do with your normal menstrual cycle. But when you do it artificially, if you have unopposed estrogen, you can get thickening and what's called hyperplasia. And hyperplasia can sometimes become uterine cancer. So they added progesterone to balance that out. But once again, in the traditional standpoint, it was all the synthetic hormones. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's where this idea of like, okay, if you have a uterus, you need the progesterone to balance out to prevent you from getting uterine cancer. But if you don't have a uterus, you don't need the the progesterone. But really, we need both. And it's always like, just always dig deeper. And I'm always a big fan. I'm always like, just follow the money. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. of the studies because I feel like I was in Tulsa. I was working in Tulsa as an associate. I feel like when that study came out, so that would have been maybe 2003-ish. But I do remember that it was a big deal at that point and everybody just started jumping off hormones. But um, it is. And, and I've always said, you know, our, our organs tend to work better in our bodies than out. So yes. <laughs> do what you can. I mean, sometimes surgery is absolutely necessary, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, it is, it's one of those things that just to empower these women, just to do some research. And, um, I think that's the biggest thing is just to find out some more information and understand instead of just going in and saying, Oh, this was, this was told that I need to do this. Well, dig a little bit deeper. 
right? Or maybe even get other opinions because there are holistic docs like you out there that have kind of looked at what you were trained with and decided to continue to dig rather than just covering up symptoms, which you know, I my, so love and my, appreciate. The, the one thing that drives me absolutely crazy is, is one of my passions is treating patients with pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. um, I really love those, those patients. But so many times I've seen um, doctors, they just don't have the tool. They don't have the training to know what to do. Is they're like, oh, you're having pelvic pain. Let's take out your uterus. I have never seen that in all my years of training. I've never seen that fixed pelvic pain because the majority of the times that's not the cause of the pelvic pain. So now you've gone through this major surgery, even if they do it laparoscopically, so you know, you have tiny incisions on the outside. You had major surgery on the inside. Your body doesn't know the difference. So, um, you know, the majority of the time that's not it. They, why go through a major surgery and then still have the same condition? You're like, oh, well, one less organ, one less thing that, you know, one less thing we th think it might be. So, okay, now what it is? Well, let's try to figure out what it is first before we start right, taking out organs, you know, if we don't have to. You know, I've seen that with all sorts of different, uh, different surgeries. It's always interesting, right? Um, and it is, it goes back to the fact that our body is amazingly intelligent. It knows what it needs to do if given the right circumstances. And I really love the analogy that you had said earlier about the vaginal microbiome and your body, like maybe your brain saying, hey, wait a minute, this might not be a great time for her to reproduce, right? Like granted, there's so many other factors in there, but it was exactly um, years ago, I dug into the intermittent fasting bit, right? And this is when it was only guys that were talking about it. So I dug in, I lost a bunch of weight, but Betty, Betsy, I call you Betty, Betty, sorry, Betsy, like literally I was fasting like 20 hours a day and I did it every single day, seven days a week for months on end. So you can bet I dropped weight I tanked my hormones, right? To the point that I had hair falling out in chunks and all the guys are like, this is great. It's great for women. And I'm like, I don't think this is right, but there's big names. Like you would know the names that were like, this is awesome for men and women. And then finally there were other ladies that started to talk about it saying, I don't think this is so great. And I think it was one of these big name speakers whose wife started doing it was having horrible issues too. And it was just literally people are like, why does it happen? And I'm like, it's the fact that my body was like, Hey, she can't get pregnant right now right? Like there is yes. no way she's feeding herself enough food, A, and she's just, you know what I mean? And so it's just, your body is so intelligent. We just have to listen to it and sometimes not do stupid things to it either. <laughs> you know, and I've seen that, I've had that happen in a different way in that, like I've struggled with my weight my whole life. Now I admit, I know how to eat. Do I always do the right thing? No. Um, you know, doctors who a lot of times make the worst patients, but one of the problems I was having with my weight was I wasn't eating enough food and then I wasn't dropping the weight. And that's the thing is because your body goes, Hey, you're a woman, you're a female. We need to hold on to mm -hmm. nutrients and fats and especially fat around like the lower abdomen. Because if you, if you do get pregnant, we want to be able to protect you. So it was so counterintuitive to me that once I increased my calorie intake and with the right foods, non-inflammatory like, like foods cookies, yeah. <laughs> that I started dropping the weight like crazy. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is crazy. But it, it kind of is counterintuitive to what we've been taught in the past that like calories in calories out. Which okay, ladies, you have heard this over and over again. Before we even leave the house in the morning, we are exposed to several hundred chemicals from the shampoo that we use and the body wash to the face wash and then all of our makeup and everything else. So 
Obviously, clean makeup is so important to me, and people are always asking what I use. And I want to introduce to you Crunchy. I am absolutely loving these products. I have been using them for a while now, and I've just now decided to share it with you all on the podcast. My two favorite products are the Crunchy Power Light Eye Cream, which has been amazing results, along with the Crunchy Golden Light multi-peptide facial serum. You can check it out at C-R-U-N-C-H-I.com, crunchy.com forward slash Lisa Olszewski, which will be a lot easier to just click the link below. But if you do want to write it down, that's C-R-U-N-C-H-I.com forward slash L-I-S-A-O-L-S-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Like I said, it's easier just to click the link below. Yeah. It's not, you know, you know, go back to what the late 1800s when they were doing blood leaching too. Some oh, of yeah. the things that we were taught just were correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's so great to have you on this. This has been fun today. Where can they find some more information about you? Give them your website, your social, all that good stuff. Yeah. Follow me on social media, Dr. Betsy Greenleaf. You can find me on, I'm all over the place. <laughs> so also drbetsygreenleaf.com. I have some of your parts podcast and the pelvic floor store. All right. And I'm always running different educational <laughs> things too. So just keep a lookout for me. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Thank you so much. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Once you realize we need to start drinking more water, it can get so overwhelming to try to figure out what water filter is best because we want a filter that will actually take the stuff out of our water. But I want to share with you the product that I'm using at my house to help clean out all the yuckies out of my tap water, and then it infuses it with hydrogen. So it is my hydrogen water system from Synergy Science. You can go back to the episode that Dr. Amy Horneman and I did, episode 122 with the founder of this company, where we talk about all the benefits of hydrogen. But if you want to check out this water filter or even some of their to-go filters that you can take with you when you travel or take with you to work, check it out. Click the link below.